past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Welcome back. <clears throat> Sorry about the little delay there, a little uh, technical difficulty, now, which I don't know if you've noticed, it's been happening a lot these days. <laughs> um, this one was absolutely my fault. I actually then accidentally touched the wrong button, <laughs> and that's what happened. But uh, anyway, <clears throat> yeah, I did want to talk a little bit about uh, what's been going on. All in the financial services industry itself, there are lots of people, lots of firms uh, that are changing their software fairly frequently. So if you're having trouble logging in, uh, it's probably not you. Uh, they're, they're doing an awful lot of work at literally hundreds of major companies, and it all has to do with their IT, and I think they're uh, just trying to make things uh, more safe, more secure. And in the process, um, you might get locked out and have to set up a new user ID and password to be able to access your account. And this has been going on now for, I don't know, probably 15 months. And uh, so hopefully we're near the end of it. I, I think we are. The, uh, uh, we've reset every password and user ID that we have. <laughs> and uh, incidentally, I, I, uh, I should probably call this company LastPass and see if they want to sponsor my show. I've been using them forever, and uh, it I've got well over 300 passwords and user IDs that I have to know, and you can't do that by hand, and I didn't want to write it uh, in a spreadsheet, so I use a software, and it memorizes it, and uh, I can copy and paste, or I can set it up so that it will automatically recognize and fill it, but um, yeah, uh, there are a bunch of them out there. And I think it's a really good idea, especially in today's day and age, when you've got almost all your stuff's online and you need to access it quickly and you'd like to keep up with it. That, that's kind of a big deal, is keeping up with your stuff. Not always that easy. And uh, one of the reasons the vendors I use, they, they all have account aggregators as part of the service if you want to set it up. That's so that you can see your other accounts without having to log into them. Uh, there's, uh, there's good and bad with that, but uh, I won't you with all the, the details, but I think it's a good idea to be able to access all of your accounts in one place, and, uh, or at least your most important one. You know, my utility bills, I have them set up online. They send me a, a bill, my email, I click and I go ahead, you know, or I log in and then I pay it online. So I really don't have to send an envelope or anything like that, but I should probably dedicate an entire show just to making your life easier uh, uh, in today's digital age, because there's a lot. I mean, it's it's mind-boggling how much this thing has grown and how much it changes over time. And uh, I can remember talking about it long, long time ago. Um, I think it was uh, I was at a. Well, I think it was. A social organization that I belong to, I don't have permission to use their name, so I'll just tell you, it was a social organization I belong to, 
And we're sitting at a, at a table, and uh, there are all the board members there. And uh, they'd asked me to speak on something, uh, basically the future uh, of financial services. And I told them what I thought. I told them I thought at some point in time we'd be doing all of this on our computers um, because I had already been doing it. And this is in the mid-90s. Um, and that it, and you'll log into one place and you'll be able to see all of your stuff. You'll be able to do all your transactions. You may not even have to walk into a bank, which I'm still waiting for. <laughs> I still have to walk into my bank every once in a while. Not not much, but uh, I remember I was thinking I was talking about how much time it would save and you know it would be beneficial and that's what you know when you're young, everything is good news. And um, there was an, uh, one of the ladies there that owned a bit small business, and uh, she just stood up and said, "I don't see how you can be so positive with all this stuff that's going around going wrong." And uh, this is what what brought this to my mind was the stuff that's happening right now. Uh, Russia, um, that's scary. Uh, the stuff that's going on here, we've got a, a very important election coming up, and you're hearing all kinds of news about it. And, uh, yeah, it's important. Um, is there anything that you can do about it? Not really. And, in fact, in um, investing, if you don't, if you're not already prepared for this, then you are underprepared to begin with. If your advisor hasn't spoken with you about how far stocks can go down, even good companies, and how long it can take them to recover, and what's the point behind that? It's not to avoid it. It's so that you can manage it. You don't want to avoid risk. You want to manage the risk. Unless you are super rich or you win the lottery, you're probably going to have to have a portfolio based of stocks, bonds, and cash. That the way that the vast majority of the population has to invest, but only if they want a decent retirement. <laughs> By the way, the bonds—I um, should say bond stocks, fixed income—because there are multiple sources of um, uh, incomes incomes that provide a guarantee on the income and on the principal. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that uh, in the second part of today's show. The third part of today's show, uh, I'm literally going to talk about individual stocks just because I've had so many people uh, requesting that. I, you know, When I was younger, I used to talk a whole lot about individual stocks. and um, But now that I'm getting older, most uh, I, while well, I see the benefit in talking about the other side, uh, it's, it's a good thing. For people who are getting close to retirement, my age group, the uh, we are the fastest growing segment of the whole population, 60 and over crowd. And every day, 10,000 people turn 60. And you know what I realized since I've been here? I'm looking at uh, my timeline, and I was just looking at my life expectancy online when I first, uh, before I came into the, uh, or started doing a radio show today. And uh, that that is pretty sobering. <laughs> According to these guys, you know, I'll be above average if I lived 85, and uh, so that's 24 more years. And uh, I'm going to uh, uh, try to continue to work until I die. By the way, and incidentally, that's another thing we can talk about. We could do a whole show on that. Don't retire and sit at home. That is a bad idea. <laughs> I've been doing this for 30 years, and I've, it's always been focused on getting ready for retirement. I've had a lot of clients over the years who've passed away, a lot of them. In fact, I think I go to more funerals than anybody I know. But um, in bottom line is nobody knows exactly how long they're going to live. And I'm telling you, uh, there's a really good chance that you'll live past your 80s, your mid-80s. There's a really good chance, especially in Northeast Ohio. It's uh, for some reason, uh, longevity seems to be a little bit longer here. So you got to uh, you got to invest well to be able to keep up with uh, the income that you want to have plus inflation, and that's really hard to do. That's really hard to do. And I got a letter this week from someone, one of my clients, who asked if I uh, use index funds. And yes, um, most of the funds that we use. Are index funds 
what there are 3,000 indexes. And so if you can think of an idea, and by the way, this was all brought on with the invention of an exchange-traded fund. Exchange-traded fund is different than an actively managed fund. If you hear the word actively managed, or the, the phrase actively managed, what that means is that fund is managed by an individual or a group of individuals who are going to try to outperform the, their market, their market, not all markets. They typically uh, will have something set up in the prospectus that says, okay, we're going to focus on this specific area of the uh, financial services industries out there, of the various markets. Uh, could be bonds, short-term bonds, medium-term bonds, long-term bonds, tax-free bonds. There are literally thousands of these that are out there. And I like the stock index, large, medium, small cap. And so we're using the index funds in those categories that are in the top 10% of their categories. That's basically criteria that I like to use. And then I'll read the prospectuses. I actually read them. The reason being, I don't have to read them every day or every year. And if they ever make a change, I get flagged by that. By the way, so do you. Uh, if you're invested in, a, in an index fund and they change the index, they'll send you an email. And I know it probably goes in the uh, trash folder that you have on your computer, but that's okay um, because I'm reading it. And if they're making a major change and I don't, I think it might hurt the fund. You know, I'll uh, I'll make a change. I can tell you that I haven't had that happen yet. So I've only been doing this for couple of decades now. <laughs> Actually, let's see, 2021, yeah. About 2010, when they really started bringing out new exchange-traded funds pretty quickly. And then it, it really heated up. A lot of exchange-traded funds are not even 10 years old yet. But uh, it was a good idea. And, and I left the brokerage community in 2004 because I thought that I saw this coming. The reason I say I thought that I saw this coming is because oftentimes I'll see a lot of things coming and then it doesn't happen, just like every other um, investment advisor out there. Uh, so, uh, But that doesn't matter, uh, it, especially if you're controlling the amount of risk you're taking. That, that's how you learn to control the risk, is by trying to make future forecasts of what's going to happen in the short run. Uh, you're much better off looking out over five and ten years which is what I was doing when I told my former firm that, you know what, I, I see this coming. I'd like to be able to take advantage of it. I think my clients will do better because of it. And uh, so I'm going to go. And uh, they were like, oh, okay. You know, the, uh, um, I'm sure they weren't happy to see me go. But uh, uh, anyway, what I thought was going to happen, this happened. And it's actually gone way farther than I had imagined it to go. I mean, several thousand? I mean, there are 3,000 exchange-rated funds just in the United States. There are only 3,000 stocks big enough for them to invest in. <laughs> and uh, you've got multiple thousands of funds from other banks and stock markets all around the world, and you, you add it all up, and it's, it's in the thousands, several thousand. So um, I'll stop talking about all that stuff now. Uh, I, I know you, you probably are here because a lot of people are worried about what's going on in financial markets, and, and rightly so. I mean, there, there's always a challenge. There's always risk. You know, we've got so many shenanigans going on over in Europe with Russia and all that, and uh, we're coming up on another election year. Uh, that's, the, uh, that's a lot. That's a lot. And it's what really makes me feel better is I have detailed analysis of indexes and stocks going way, way, way back. And there were times that were a lot scarier than this one. And, um, people, uh, A lot of people that were around during those times are actually, they're uh, either really old or they're gone by now. And so I guess the, the newer people, younger people that haven't seen a lot of that and, and have never really studied that, it's pretty scary. Uh, and uh, And it's always... It's always been pretty scary, but there are things you can do, things that you can look for that will make you feel better, and we're going to talk about those when we come back from these commercial messages. This is Bill Bullington. I'm right here on 1420. Stay tuned because I'll be right back. 
Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you and without censorship from big tech. Become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's PragerTopia Unlimited. Listen to every radio show over the last 10 years, all commercial free. You can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free PragerTopia coffee mug. Go to PragerTopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. You've heard the saying, all good things come to an end. Well, not always. Sometimes they just take a break. That's what's happening with our Lady of the Wayside's car donation program after 24 years and 96,000 rides donated. Pretty amazing. Here's the story. The car lot's owner sold the property making it impossible for car donations to be accepted at this time. According to the Wayside CEO, Terry Davis, the next right steps will be determined and communicated soon, so stay tuned. In the meantime, Terry and the entire team at the Wayside thank you for your continued support of the 450 individuals with developmental disabilities in the Wayside's care. And please take note, you can still support them by making a donation at thewayside.org. The straight talking, hard working, do it right plumbers at Wyatt Works will unclog your drain for only $93. Or it's free. What's the catch? There's never a catch with Wyatt Works. I'd rather starve than do business that way. We really will break up your clog and get your water flowing again for $93. Plus, we'll send a camera down the line so you can see exactly what you're dealing Most with. Most of the time, clog busting's all you need. Wallach a doodle. Back to your regularly scheduled life with a 12-month no-backup guarantee. If your drain line needs more, we'll explain all the options, including flexible payments and guaranteed estimates. And on the off chance clog-busting can't get your drain flowing, our service call is free. You'll still get upfront pricing on solutions to your problem, but with no initial service fee. That's on us. Either we deliver on our promised clog-busting, or it's free. So don't put up with half solutions or slow or clogged drains. Call Wyatt Works. And consider it done. License number 30185. Thinking about updating your home? Well, Joyce Factory Direct specializes in replacing old, outdated windows. Proudly made right here in Cleveland, Joyce Windows features their exclusive Smart Shield High Performance Glass, which means you'll be getting the most energy efficient windows for your home directly from the factory. Customers just love how much warmer their house is and how easy their new windows operate and clean. Right now, you can save 50% on all installations. Just call to schedule a free consultation with on the spot pricing 440 243 or visit at JoyceFactoryDirect.com. Well, welcome back. This is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. If, uh, please feel free to call me. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say what the technology has been pretty rough over the past eighteen months. Anyway, I've got Bob Klingman on the line. Bob, are you there? Yes, I am. Sam, hey, how are you? Yeah. Uh, oh, pretty good. Yeah, uh, I was just introducing you. Bob Klingman is a tax uh, preparer, professionally licensed, and uh, done a great job for a ton of my clients for an extremely long time. So I thought I'd have him come on and kind of uh, uh, prepare us about what we might want to expect for this year, any tax law changes that are significant, in, uh, or whatever you want to talk about. Bob, I'll uh, turn it over to you. I, I, I think what I'm seeing a lot of right now is the RMD, and in line with the RMD is the uh, QCD. Let's, let, let's go through those terms. RMD is your requirement okay. distribution. And the QCD is a qualified charitable distribution that you're allowed to take from those RMDs. Um, and what the federal government allows you to do is to take 105000 each person. So if you're married, it's 105000 for the uh, husband, 105000 for the spouse, and designate that to go to a charity. And then you will not pay any tax on that as it comes out. Which is nice, right? But there's yeah, there's, yeah. There, there, there's some caveats that in there that what I'm seeing right now is, and here's here's a little bit of the problem. Uh, let, let, let's start from the beginning. I guess if you're going to do a QCD, let's have a plan, okay, from the beginning of the year. 
then right. you want to take X amount of dollars from your minimum distribution and put it in there. Because the IRS, in their infinite wisdom, has come up with something that they really don't talk much about it, but it is this. It, it, it's this, that your first distribution from your required minimum distribution has to be for the charity. If you don't do that, then you don't you you lose the ability to deduct that from your taxes. Hmm. Okay, so that that's a big thing. Now, right. Right. it's it's great. Now let's let's use some numbers. Let's say you're supposed to take out ten thousand dollars, and you don't, and you wanted to add ten thousand to go to St. Joe. Okay, that's fine. Well, you didn't tell them that. Okay, so now you've taken ten thousand out. Well, you can still do a QCD. But it's going to be on top of your RMD, so you've taken more. Uh, out. You're taking more out and now. You've lost the ability to deduct it. You can take it as a charity, you know, as charity. But right. the standard deduction now is already for married people over sixty-five, like thirty-one thousand dollars. So right. these are some of the problems. And as you know, you know when the money comes. When people tell you, you know, hey, you know, I want to send this, you know, over to, you know, to the charity, right. you can send the check to the person, but it has to be in the charity's name. Can't be in their name. Right. Right. So, yeah. So, and a lot yeah. of people don't know these first in, first out rules, and uh, it it causes some problems, you know, down the road. Right. So I mean, but yeah, that's. that's- yeah. The big question is, and I'm going to say it, but I mean is, how does the IRS know that you took this out first? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Boy, that would be some big time digging, and uh, I can't imagine them taking the kind of time it would take to do that. No. But, um, especially I, I for an average, you know. I don't see that for the average individual, but right. I think the key takeaway is is that people really – if you're going to take it out, have a plan from the beginning of the year before you do anything. Okay. Right. And and make that's sure. one. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the reasons uh, I have you around, Bob. <laughs> I know, and, and and that's okay. I like that because I, I think we play back and forth. People call me with advice. I says, "Don't call me." I says, "I says, I, I can't do that for you." But I says, "I have a guy I can give a call, and you know they'll call right. you." That's fine. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, I'll I tell you get, over this. Yeah, I do get people from you that I had several this week call me, which is okay. Right. I, you know, I don't mind answering the questions because I understand the the law is crystal clear, right? Yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> <correct. laughs> yeah. Yep. And that's uh, one of the reasons I uh, like having you around too. I tell you, you've been uh, very helpful throughout the years, and. Uh, Bob is the uh, uh, tax professional, and a lot of people don't realize that investment advisors are not allowed to give tax advice. Yeah, uh, it's literally, pardon me, and vice versa. Oh yeah, I I, yeah. I cannot give financial advice. I yeah. cannot. I mean, and, uh, I can do. I can give tax advice, but I can't give financial advice. Right. Right. Yeah, the investment advisor, uh, the registered investment advisor credential is pretty important for that. And uh, but uh, it, it's funny, and, and and I get it. You know, I, they change the rules so quickly. You know, like I don't know how you keep up with the tax law changes. I mean, how many pages are in the Internal Revenue Code? I I know it's well over ten thousand. Well, but, and, but uh, like you just said, things change all the time. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, I'm finding things out, and I'm going through it. I'm doing a return now, and it's, I look at it, and I'm going, when did they change this law? And I find out it was 15 days ago, you know? It's like, okay, well, right. I missed that one. I, you know, I missed that one. I mean, I will find it, but it's like, you know, you, know, you, you just can't. I don't care who you are. You can't keep up on everything. You can't. Right, right. Yep. You do the best and, uh... you can, you know? Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, thanks for calling in again. I appreciate it. um, This is Bob Klingman, and uh, he's a professional tax preparer. He's licensed. How long have you been doing this now? This will be my 39th year. 
So wow. Next, next year is number 40, so, yeah. Wow. That's awesome. It's gotten beyond more than just the preparation. You know, there is a representation of it, and everybody's always got a problem. You know, I tell my wife every yeah. day, is, every day is like putting out fires. That's what it is. Yes. Putting yep. out little fires here or there. So <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Trust me. I spend, a... I spend most of my morning and early afternoon just doing that before I get to anything else. Right. Yeah. yeah. I hear you. Well, all right. Well, hey, have a good weekend, and we'll try to get you on again real soon. And, okay. Uh, appreciate you coming well, on and sharing some wisdom with us. And, uh, Bob Klingman, professional tax preparer. And uh, hey, why don't you throw your phone number out there real quick? If you want to get a hold of me, it's four four zero four six one five zero six seven. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, Bob. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. You have a good day. You too. Take care. Yeah, it's Bob Klingman. If you couldn't write that down, just feel free to uh, email me. Uh, I can email his number. He's a uh, great guy. He's been doing this for a long time. Uh, very efficient. Um, nice guy. You know, truly a nice guy. So, yeah, if you have uh, any questions, I, I think it was, I got a question from one of my clients. And actually, my um, homeowners and car insurance agent. And she was asking about uh, index funds. And I have to apologize. Sometimes I just assume too much, like people have too much or more knowledge. And it's, you know, it's nothing to be ashamed of at all. I did not know, you know, when I was, heck, I think it took me about five years to actually get my arms around everything that goes on in a publicly traded financial market. I mean, it, it's a lot. There's a lot of stuff out there. And um, the, the basics come relatively fast, relatively easy, but then there are variations on every theme that you can imagine. So, like an exchange traded fund, you know, what's the difference between an exchange traded fund and a regular mutual fund? Well, actually, mutual funds have multiple different types of mutual funds, uh, as far as the, the legal structures I'm talking about. Um, the legal structure of a mutual fund is is such that they look at the end of the day. You don't know what the price is during the day. You got to wait until the end of the day, and then they add up all the changes in all the positions that they're holding, uh, and come up with a new quote to tell you what it ended the day at. An exchange traded fund, you can buy and sell during the day, and it trades just like a stock. You just buy the shares at whatever the current price is. Now, that price, incidentally, might not even match the underlying investments. Yeah. How does that happen? Well, because you you might get a big rush of orders in for to buy that fund, and the orders push the price either up past because there are so many coming in at once. The prices of the shares go up faster than the stock's that they're supposedly investing. Well, they are investing in them. They just can't invest them that quickly. So the price of the shares can actually move up. We call that a premium. You're paying a premium when that happens. doesn't happen often. Actually, it happens a lot less frequently than it did when they first started doing these things. Uh, I remember an executive from, uh, oh, I think they represented uh, the QQQ at the time. And they were in our office, and they were talking about you know, how they were premiums. That means that, you know, the price is supposed to be 100. Well, you're paying 101. Why are you paying 101? Because a whole bunch of people are lined up trying to buy it really quickly, and they push the price up past the actual value of the underlying investment. Uh, don't worry about it if you don't know, uh, if that doesn't make sense to you, because this is not going to matter too much anyway. <laughs> the uh, That problem has is very small today. And you can't really uh, completely get rid of the risk of that happening. Um, but they have done a much better job. Anyway, there's just a little, there are a tiny million little things that you need to know when you're going to be doing this full-time for a living. And if you don't know it as a retail investor, you can get stung. 
you can buy something. I, I saw the uh, a gap once that was about a little over 6% in a fund that's actively managed. I mean, I'm sorry, no, it's not actively managed. It was a um, uh, an ETF that was really popular. And uh, it was literally, there was a 6% move. The, the, the price moved away from the value of the fund by 6% in about two minutes. And then within another 15 minutes, it was back to where it was supposed to be. So somebody really paid a lot more than they were supposed to have paid you know, for that for that fund. And, uh, anyway, I'll, I'll uh, skip on that. You don't have to know that kind of stuff. What really does help, though, is if you know what approximately what the fund is investing in, because they'll, the fund has a description of the types of stocks that they're going to be investing in in that fund, and then they have to stick to that. They're, they're not allowed to uh, vary from that. So you have a much better idea of what you actually own when you do that. Now, why is that important? Uh, well, it's from a, a psychology standpoint, psychological standpoint, is if you know what you own and you see stocks in there, uh, maybe you like a lot, there's Intel, uh, maybe there's some Microsoft and uh, Google, Apple, you, you've got these names, these big companies that you see, they're advertising a lot, that's how they got to be really big is by taking out a lot of ads and, and doing a good job increasing their sales and profits over the years. Um, so that makes you feel better. Especially when markets are rough, you can go back, look at the holdings, you can look at the underlying uh, objectives of the fund. And incidentally, that's a lot of time what people uh, call to ask me for. And, uh, and I'll, I'll go through it with them. But just knowing... What you have really helps a lot in times of, of trouble. Knowing that you're not 100% in stocks. I mean, there are annuities out there, fixed indexed annuities. The, uh, they have a, the reason I use the fixed indexed annuities is because the, the rates of um, income are typically higher than a traditional fixed annuity. And I don't expect you to understand the difference between those because, you know, get ready for some heavy reading. If you do want to look up a fixed indexed annuity, you can Google it, and then you can look up a fixed annuity. Fixed annuity is a lot easier to understand, but it, they generally don't pay as much as the fixed indexed. And when you're looking at taking income for retirement or just for whatever, you know, but if you're looking at taking income specifically for retirement, the the uh, yields or the returns on fixed index are incredibly competitive. And in most cases, it would probably do somebody some good to have at least a portion of their fixed income allocated to a fixed index annuity. Why? Because it's going to guarantee an interest rate that's higher than what you're getting currently. On the uh, on bonds or CDs or other quote unquote safe investments, and uh, and again it's guaranteed for the rest of your life. Um, the one that I use, uh, you can have it as a couple. You can use it in your IRAs or even a Roth IRA. You can have uh, the owner can actually have a uh, joint annuitant, like your wife, your spouse, and if uh, something happens to you, they just keep paying. And when the second party goes, uh, you can set it up so that it goes to your beneficiaries however you want it to, uh, as far as percentages go. You gotta watch about, watch out about the taxes on the ones that are in IRAs. Uh, but if it's not in an IRA, you know, they'll pay out whatever was left to your beneficiaries. So that's important because a lot of the uh, older income annuities, um, didn't do that. You know, once the, once both parties Passed away, uh, depending on the type of contract it was, the the remaining balance might go to the insurance company. Now, if you're a married couple that never had kids, that would be fine because you would get a higher amount, not without having that feature 
that whatever is left over would go to your kid. That that's a cost. Okay, so the cost to you and your spouse is that you probably get a slightly lower lifetime guaranteed payout because you want money going to your beneficiaries. Now, if you don't want uh, them going to your beneficiaries, you can probably get a higher payout by leaving that little feature off. The ones I use typically don't even give you that option. If you're going to have a joint with uh, other beneficiaries and you can't switch back, um, I know this is probably as clear as mud to most of you. That's one of the reasons I... We still have jobs. <laughs> they can be really good in the right scenario. Um, and if, if they're in the wrong scenario, uh, I'm thinking about this the other day. Uh, you know, everybody's afraid of, the, of paying a fee to get out of the contract. Well, those fees, I, the maximum fee I've ever seen has been 10%. That's the maximum fee on any product I've ever used, I should say has been 10%. That was the maximum. That's if everything went wrong and you just said, hey, I'm out of here. Give me my money back. Let me go. Yeah, I don't like this. Yeah, all right. Well, if you did that within 12 months, then there's a 10% penalty. That's the maximum penalty. By the way, I've never had anybody do that. I try to explain ahead of time so they don't have to change their mind and not have to pay those penalties. But Here's what people don't think about. They look at that penalty as if it's like the kiss of death. I'm like, no. Do you know how much the stock market averages its volatility every year? <laughs> it's a lot more than 10%. Uh, and if you want to take your money and go, or if you have to take your money and go because you've got to pay for something or something happened or there's a family member that's in trouble and you need to sell that fund that, that used to be selling for $100 a share and now it's selling for $50 a share, well, guess what? Nobody's going to give you $100 a share for it. You're going to take that loss. Okay. So this caps the amount that you can lose and offers an, a really high, relative to today's guaranteed rates, a really high uh, rate of income for yourself if you decide to take the income to supplement your retirement income. So things like Social Security, maybe you have a pension, and then you have other investments. You might have uh, IRAs that you decide that you want to use. You can use this to give yourself more guaranteed income. And uh, and I've got a fairly fairly significant percentage of my own money in one. I bought it, I don't know, probably three and a half years ago. Um, yeah, about three and a half years ago. And uh, rates have actually gone up a little bit. So somebody buying a new one today is going to get a higher rate than I did. I don't care. Uh, I like my rate. It's a good rate. And I'm three years closer uh, to being able to uh, retire and take it out. I'm not going to retire in three years, by the way. That, that ain't coming for uh, for a while. But I just got the message. i got to take a real quick commercial break. This is Bill Bowington. I'm right here on 1420. Stay tuned because I'll be right back, and we'll talk a little bit more about individual stocks. I could stand here and try to tell you I found my way here on my own Brought to life this heart of stone Hey friends, whether it's winter snow or spring rain, if you've got cracks in your basement foundation, the water's coming in and there's nothing you can do to stop it. Well, there is, but you've got to take the steps. This is Bob France, and the first step is to call G&J Waterproofing of Cleveland at 440-687-6079. Listen, that water collecting in the basement, that's annoying, but the mold that comes with it, that's downright dangerous. You can't keep breathing that stuff in. Call G&J Waterproofing at 440-687-6079. Harry and his team at G&J are A-rated by the Better Business Bureau and Angie's List, and they've won every service award in the industry. They've also got the best warranty in the business because they do the best job in the business for the best pricing in the business. Call 440-687-6079 for a free inspection. Mention my name, and they'll beat any confirmed competitor's estimate for the same work. Get your basement done right from a company that's right. That's right. These guys are patriots who see things the way you and I see them. G&J Waterproofing of Cleveland, 440-687-6079 today. 
Is it finally time to update your bathroom? Bath Planet, a division of Joyce Factory Direct, specializes in replacing and converting old showers and tubs into new beautiful bathrooms in as little as one day. We have transformed thousands of bathrooms just like yours into a spa-like oasis that has homeowners excited to use their new bathtub or shower. Right now, all bath installations are 50% off. So call to schedule a free consultation with on-the-spot pricing. 440-243-5700 or visit JoyceFactoryDirect.com. Make it count, leave a mark, build a name for yourself. Dreamy dreams, chase your heart above all. And welcome back. This is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. And uh, very glad to have people listening to the show. I really appreciate it over time. I get some really nice emails from some of you out there, and that's highly appreciated. And uh, just kind of talking about uh, investing and you know financial markets in general. Uh, as you begin to get closer to retirement, this stuff gets a lot more important. Uh, fixed income is a big component to a large portion of people's portfolios, it, especially as you get older. It should be um, much larger, and it depends on you know a lot of things. Actually, there's there's no answers that you can give, and I, and I have to. I feel bad for that. I know a lot of people call in and, and are hopeful that somebody has the magic formula uh, that they can, you know, use this and you'll always be right. Well, that magic formula is different for each and every person, each and every one of you listeners out there because you all have different uh, lifestyles. You have different income needs. You have different sizes on the portfolio. They're probably not all allocated the same way between taxable and IRAs or other tax deferred investments. So it takes that's why it takes so long in, in this industry to figure out what the heck you're doing. Yeah, and you're hoping when you're young that you get with a company who's reputable that will be teaching you that stuff so that as you gather data from potential clients and you bring it back and discuss it with somebody in the office that they'll actually show you uh what the available options are and uh we'll do it with uh, without discretion. In other words, they're going to do it uh, without overemphasizing one or two items. You know, the, the company that I worked for had, they owned the largest discount brokerage firm, which you don't even hear that name anymore, but uh, in the country at the time, and they owned a couple of uh, mutual fund companies, and they had their own variable annuity company, and uh, it was truly a conglomeration. And there was... Actually, there was nothing that we couldn't do, and uh, but the fees for that kind of stuff back in those days, they were a lot higher than they are today. Uh, the maximum, maximum fee we have is 1.25. That's the maximum fee that I charge. That's if you're relatively small and you want something relatively complicated. <laughs> so that's uh, it, it, it's tough to not have a ton of dough and want to do some really complicated stuff. It, it's not that tough. And 1.25 is really nothing uh, in the long run. Um, for all you Vanguard guys out there, you're all falling over in your car seats right now. <laughs> but, but I promise you, it's like knowing the difference between the calculations on the ETF that Vanguard has. I will make that up. I will make that gap up between what they're charging and what I'm charging. I will make that up. And um, those are the types of things that I, I like to show people when they come into the office. Hey, here is a uh, here's an calculation that they're going to use to calculate, let's see, the, the, all the stocks in the Russell 1000 that would be considered growth stocks. Here's the regular way of doing it, okay, the most popular way of doing it. Now, there's a difference in returns over long time periods. And when you've built your own models before these models ever even existed, I had to do them myself. That's how I recognized when they started bringing these things out and going, hey, 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 wait a minute. They're doing the same thing I'm doing, uh, except these guys lobbied Congress and all of their short-term capital gains are getting converted into long-term capital gains taxed at a lower rate. And the way that they're doing it, they can defer a lot of those taxable gains, so they're not even uh, reporting them. 
Well, that's a pretty good deal. That's a, uh, that's a really good deal. That's one of the reasons I stopped calculating and doing all the, running all the models myself. Um, it was a lot less expensive in taxes, you know, for my clients. And uh, there was some huge benefit to doing that. And so anyway, like I say, having, a, having an advisor that, that's been through that kind of stuff, that can really help you out. Uh, it can save you a lot. Now, I don't have time to teach you everything I've ever learned. <laughs> the, uh, actually, I've forgotten more than I'll ever learn again. <laughs> uh, that's just because the industry changes so much. But uh, anyway, when you start sitting down to think about, I, know, I need to do a retirement plan. There are a lot of things that, it, that we've seen uh, in my office that maybe you haven't seen before. Uh, and that's what an advisor does. Have, hey, have you thought about this? And uh, what do you think about this? Uh, as far as the actual numbers and investments go, uh, knowing yourself is, is kind of the key. How, what kind of investment, uh, what kind of investor are you really? I mean, really. Everybody is brave when they see the long-term returns of the stock market. When they see that it's been down more than 50% more than once over that time period, uh, they still look at it and go, yeah, but it still ended up over there. Okay, well, you need to uh, remind yourself or have your advisor come in and say, hey, look, this has happened before. We knew it could happen. Uh, now that it's happened, we're going to do what we said we're going to do before we started this. And more often than not, what that means is we're going to rebalance that portfolio. We're going to take some of the money out of the fixed income and we're going to add it to stocks when they're done, when your knees are shaking. <laughs> and by the way, not doing that is going to have a really bad negative, it's going to have a negative impact on your portfolio. So, and that does, over time, is going to determine you know, what kind of lifestyle you have. So it's important. That's really important. And this is something that, uh, you know, I'm just... Um, Man, I look at what I do every day, and I think to myself, if I were on, if I were not doing what I do for a living, I would definitely try to find somebody that, that's going to help me um, because it's a lot. And I know anybody that's got a, a job that pays fairly well has to sp- spend a lot of time working, and probably doesn't have a ton of time to look at this kind of stuff. So you know, it's important. And as you get older, um, maybe you don't want to take as much risk. The stock portfolios I see, uh, even any stock portfolio, you take the S&P 500. Let's just say we took the top 50 stocks that whose dividend uh, yields were the highest. Uh, that's a, There's an ETF out there that's actually got a, a better long-term track record than the S&P 500. Um, the past few years, the S&P 500 has actually beaten it. But the, uh, if you go back over a 20-year time period, it's ahead. And there's a reason for that. I'm, I won't bore you with all the details. Unless you want to call me to talk about it, that's fine. But anyway, there's a fund out there. It picks the stocks from the S&P 500 who have been growing their sales the fastest and increasing their dividend. What's not to like there? Especially if you are a retiree. So that may be something that we use to try to help fund uh, your retirement income needs. Except that the dividend is not big enough to pay for everything. So what do we do? Uh, if you're just taking the dividends and not reinvesting them, which, by the way, will hurt the returns on that fund, incidentally. Um, yeah, not a ton, but it's kind of aggravating. <laughs> but it, And we can't stand to take a 50% decline in that. So what else do we do? Well, right now, you've got fixed index uh, annuities that pay very well. You've also got money markets that are paying very well. I mean, the money market I'm using right now is paying around 5 uh, it's and by the way, it'll be 4.9 and 5.1. It, that fluctuates too. Okay. So the stuff that's guaranteed to stay, uh, that would be your fixed index annuities. It just gives you an income stream, and it's going to stay there. When you die, if you have a joint annuitant on there, it continues to pay. Maybe your spouse. Okay. When both of you pass away, whatever's left will go to your kids or your whoever you name as beneficiary. That's a big deal. And again, that's specific to this particular product. There are literally thousands of these out there. 
But then if you want to, uh, if you'd like to see what kind of income you might be able to generate, hit me up with an email and I will send you the link to a web page and you can put your age in there, how much money you want. It'll show you. Okay, there's a link on there that will show you. Or you can just call me. You know, that, that's another easy way to do it. The phone number is 330-664-0700. Uh, if you call in there, we'll do that. Now, the stocks. And I've got a, a few minutes here. Here's one that this looks pretty good. Uh, the chart looks good on it. Uh, the symbol is EPAM. And it's down quite a It's at $311. Uh, and it peaked in 2022 at $712. I don't even know what these guys do. But I recognize the chart pattern. Uh, for you chartists out there, put in a, uh, a double bottom. It formed a uh, W. Uh, and for people who know what um, uh, Investors Business Daily, uh, the cup and handle pattern, it just broke above the handle. <laughs> that doesn't mean a whole lot. The price to sales ratio on it is only 3.1 for a technology company. That's pretty low. So that's a legitimate. It's not one of my favorite, and, and I will not be buying that one. Uh, applied materials have been coming up multiple times. It came up again. I, I would be a little nervous about buying that one uh, only because it it gapped open on Friday, went really high, then went really down, then it closed below the opening price. So I might hold back on that one a little bit. But the, the price to sales ratio is only four on that. I say only. I remember when the price to sales ratios got to 20. That was not worth 20. In fact, four is pretty decent. The average for that industry is somewhere between six and eight. So if you're at four, that means if you go to six, that's a 50% increase. That's like going from four million to six million. That's not bad. And uh, the big company, it's also one of those companies that, all right, let's say it crap because this is, this is what people do. Oh, yeah, I'm a trader. I'm a trader. And the minute a stock goes down more than 10% from their purchase price, they become a long-term investor. <laughs> And it happens over and over, over and over again. That's why I'm being very careful about the stocks that I talk about. Because I know that's going to happen. And I know you could hang on to applied materials. There's a pretty good chance out into the future it's going to be selling at a price that it is higher today. And I just got the, the nod that I've only got a few seconds left. I apologize. I'll, I, next time I'm going to start the whole first 15 minutes, uh, first part of the whole first segment of the show, I'll just do stocks to try to bake up for today. But anyway, this is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon, 1420. Um, I hope you guys all have a good week, and I hope your investing is successful. Just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management.